0: Welcome to the Conversations with Women of Colour podcast with your hosts, Danusha
1: and Megan. Hello, I'm Danusha. Hey guys, I'm Megan. We are two digital content creators based in South Africa who are passionate about diversity and inclusivity for women of colour. We invite women of colour from all different backgrounds to our conversations to tell your stories. Join us as we embark on a journey to discover empowering teachings from influential women.
0: In today's episode, we chat to Fatima Seb. She is the owner of Seb's Kitchen. She's the editor in chief of Food and Home magazine, as well as My Kitchen South Africa.
1: Hey, Fatima, how are you doing? Hi, hello,
2: I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you.
0: Hey, Fatima, Megan, and I are so excited to finally have you on here.
2: thank you for having me it's an honor to be on your podcast i was like binging your episodes last weekend it's really cool what you guys are doing so well done we're not binging since last year (laughs) i was i was but
0: i'm binging again (laughs) oh nice i was wondering
1: why did the the listens go up suddenly this week okay now i know Thank you so much for the full support. We, we really do appreciate it. So Fatima, we've obviously been following you and we know a little bit about your story, but please tell us um, more about yourself. Yeah, of course.
2: So I'm from Cape Town and um, for as long as I can remember, I've always been interested in fashion and food and the world of magazines. It just seemed like such a magic place for me and I really wanted to study design or fashion but when I was in grade 11 I got diagnosed with something called fibromyalgia, um, which is kind of like arthritis, but I feel like I describe it as arthritis on steroids. It's just like a lot of pain and inflammation all the time. And at the time of my diagnosis, and even a few years later, I really struggled to diet and hold a pen. And the inflammation in my body was at an all-time high. So obviously I couldn't go and do fashion, even though I got accepted. And I ended up um, studying English at UWC since it was the only subject that I really enjoyed in high school. And I absolutely loved it. Like from the moment I walked into my class, I was like, this is what I want to do. (laughs) And I ended up doing my honours in English literature. And all through that, I worked for various brands. I worked in social media and marketing. I also worked as a recipe developer. Um, small business owner, and now of course as an editor. Sure,
0: that's quite a story. And the fact that you also have like worked through fibre media—I don't know if I'm saying it right. Like, what you not, but experience? it's okay. <laughs> 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 wow, it's a long word. I mean, look, you said. But how was that like being with so young, and then managing, studying, and and that as well? What was that like?
2: Uh, it's a terrible. It was a terrible experience. You know, when you like in high school like kids are really mean and I went to like a Mm -hmm. really um like a I went to a public high school so I when I was in grade 11 I got diagnosed and like literally woke up one day and just couldn't use my hand so I ended up having to take my laptop to school and people honestly like thought I was bragging. they were like oh you just think you're cool I was like no guys I'm like really in pain so it was a really hectic experience um thankfully when i got to uwc they had a disability unit so i became part of the unit and it was always helpful but like i got scribes for my exams i could use the PCs. There was modes of transportation like if i just because some days i literally couldn't walk so they would come and fetch me and drop me off at classes and it was just a lot of help so yeah it was it was okay i think i managed to study okay um it was just high school was the hard part <laughs>
1: You know what Fatima I actually worked in that department at UWC while I was studying yeah so in my first year I volunteered because I had a little bit of spare time and then in the second year because I was there all the time I don't know if you worked with Missy Vatney but then she actually of course (laughs) yeah she's yes so oh she's such a sweet lady um I still uh, send the messages now and then but um yeah. yeah I actually worked there when I was studying way back <laughs> oh my goodness mm. maybe we crossed paths somehow mm. perhaps oh, cool. we did.
2: yeah <laughs> well well done on you for working there and it wow. was like a lot of people had really hectic disabilities and it's really nice to see how the unit just came together and helped everyone
1: yeah that that is um, really amazing but I think for me it, it it was a learning experience because you know sometimes you take simple things for granted that other people don't have um so yeah it was it was really cool working there as well
2: yeah that's my story
0: (laughs) wow yeah it sounds like you know you had to grow up very quickly and kind of teach yourself because I don't think other people in your family or anyone experience the the same thing that you have as well it sounds like you are the only one Um, yeah I (laughs) don't
2: Everyone thought I was lying because what's fibromyalgia, like the one thing is that you can't see it. So you look perfectly fine. You look like there's nothing wrong with you, but you are in so much pain. So it's, yeah, it was definitely something.
0: So you told us that you are so passionate about English and literature and fashion.
2: So how did you get into food? Because I'm not, <laughs> seeing, the, I'm not
0: seeing the correlation
2: there. It's pretty random. So food is something that I was always interested in. And after my honours, I decided to do my master's in English, which I never completed yet. But during my master's studies, I became so intrigued by food, specifically food and memory and how people react to foods. I was reading a lot of food memoirs and just like kind of fell in love with the way that people wrote about food. And during that time, I also got married and moved into my own space, which allowed me to be super creative in the kitchen. Like I was baking and cooking new things every single day. And I eventually just shared it on my social media. Got a job as a recipe developer, and all went from there. My goodness! <laughs> Are you <Wow>. serious? Yeah, <laughs> it's quite. A, it's quite like a weird story, but that's how it happened. Isn't wow. I would just want
0: <laughs> you to yeah I thought you were like baking from the time you were three years old, and you know <laughs> the usual kind of like I've loved it my whole life, because I mean you really do love it. I, I would have thought that you know you were doing it your entire life um, yeah, but it doesn't my- matter the fact that she's so passionate about it shows.
2: Yeah, my mom is a very good baker, and I learned from her, but when I only like started making other things when I was on my own, so with her, I used to make like you know like the typical Indian desserts and Biscuits and like just take the ingredients out and like make like simple cakes, like chocolate cake, vanilla cake. It wasn't like anything like gluten free, dairy free, vegan, chocolate drasher cake thing that I'm doing now. <laughs> like it wasn't anything like that. So it was, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird journey. Guys,
1: I've actually tasted Fatima's cake. Uh, Denusha bought it once and she was so kind to share <laughs> some with me. It's <laughs> Absolutely delicious. My sister also placed an order and then just so happened to come across my, the road where I lived and she dropped me a, a cupcake or something, but geez, it was so good. So you have a business, a food business called Sabe's uh, uh, Kitchen. Please tell us more about this business of yours and perhaps some of the challenges you face. Yeah. So um, honestly, I in that time when I was like
2: baking and posting it on my social media, I made um, cinnamon rolls one day and I just posted it on my Instagram and people were like, Oh, can we buy? And I was like, no, it's like really weird. Like I just made it, but then more and more people messaged me and I was like, okay, um, let me like try this out. So one Sunday I just posted and said, like, I'm doing um, cinnamon rolls. Well, not Sunday. I said uh, in the week, I said, I'm doing a cinnamon rolls this weekend, like once. And I think I got like 20 orders. It was ridiculous. And then from there, I kind of just started Saib's Kitchen. I started a new page for it, um, printed stickers, and like made a whole menu. And it just kind of grew from there. But I have to admit that I actually don't have much time for Saib's Kitchen anymore due to work, but I really don't mind. Um, because I'm honestly working in my dream job right now, but not just that. But Saib's Kitchen was there to fulfill me at the time when I needed it the most. Because before I was an editor, I was working in a very toxic environment where I had a creative title but I wasn't able to be creative at all. They had to go through like 15 people. And then at the end, like the idea was just scrapped. So Saib's Kitchen kind of gave me that space to be creative and trust myself with my food and baking. And I was really lucky in the sense where I don't think I faced too many challenges. I mean, with lockdown, we just kind of adapted and I got a delivery service to deliver my cakes for me. Um, my husband helped me out a hell of a lot as well. And yeah I, I don't think I had that many challenges but I have to say that the challenging part for me personally and something that I don't enjoy was managing my social media it took <laughs> it takes so much time to be a content creator and I know you yeah. know it's tenusia, and I don't have the time resources to do that mm. like I just want to eat what I make I don't want to be styling it and shooting it and posting it on my blog like that was the big thing for me yeah hmm <laughs>
0: Yeah, Megan as well. Well, you know, you could just hire Megan or I, you know? <laughs> I'm just you products. Yeah, exactly. I think I have snap, cake, cinnamon vegan rolls. cake. Yeah, you <laughs> the vegan. One. So it's just a, yeah, that's <laughs> vegan cake, honestly. I haven't had I haven't had a vegan cake that tastes that nice. And and there's kind of like this. Um generalization maybe not now but I think like maybe two years ago whatever we all kind of like thought like you know gluten-free and vegan stuff just doesn't like baked goods just mm-hmm. doesn't taste good or it doesn't taste like the original so when I had your cake I think it was like two years ago or like yeah what was it 2020 sometime there yeah it's like the beginning of lockdown I think Oh, was it then? Yeah, Yeah. I was like, "Wow, I I wouldn't have guessed this is vegan." Like, that's how good it is. And you know, I'm vegetarian, I'm not vegan, but most of the stuff is vegan. So I've tried so many things, and honestly, like that that, and the cupcakes. Oh my gosh, the you guys have to try it. Um, But yeah, this is not a sales
2: podcast, so let me just move on. No, but you know, people people think. Oh, sorry, people, I just want to tell you a really funny story. People really think that I lie when I say it's vegan. And this one time somebody ordered um a, a bunch of the pancakes for a friend. And I like took it to her. And she was like, Oh, um, I don't eat vegan stuff, so I'm probably not gonna have this. But I'm just telling you, like, I don't like vegan stuff and it's not for me. And I was like, Okay, like cool, you don't have to have it. I swear to you, like before I got home, she messaged me to say she finished off the box. I was like, okay. <laughs>
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah wow and that says a lot honestly because like oh yeah honestly it's just so good now I'm thinking about it I think I just need to hide because wow it's not gonna leave my mind um but you also mentioned that um, you were kind of in this toxic environment. Um, so so tell us a little bit about that and how you manage that because I think all of us in South Africa, um, especially as a woman of color, we've hmm. all either been in a toxic environment and we're still in it or we, we've been through it ourselves. And maybe there's someone younger as well who hasn't ever you know, experienced it yet, but they probably will. So tell us a little bit about that.
2: <clears throat> yeah, you know, it's really tricky because... The job market right now is so difficult. Like it's so, it's easy to tell someone like, oh, like you shouldn't be in this position and then like let them quit the job and then they're sitting at home for literally months just because that's how bad it is right now. Um, But yeah, so this position I was in was, it was supposed to be kind of creative. And the main thing for me, which I realized about myself when I was in this position was that it's extremely important for me to be working in an environment where there are people of color. I cannot be working in South Africa for a South African brand that makes money promoting and saying that they are proudly South African if they're not hiring people of color or if, if all the people of color are in junior positions. And that's exactly what I was in. That's exactly the kind of place I was in. And it just got to a point where I knew that they weren't going to change it. And I knew that what I was saying and what my colleagues were saying about needing to hire more people of color was not going to change. And yeah, I think it, it, it also comes down to what you can put up with. And I felt like I just couldn't put up with it anymore. I need to be somewhere that respected people of color and that knew that it wasn't just because, you know, like, let's be honest, you're probably going to get paid a lot less than the other people that work there. And I think it all comes down to what you can handle and if you can be in a place like that, then that's okay. That's good for you. But I couldn't. And I just, yeah, I had to be, <laughs> I hope that answers your question. It's getting pretty really emotional. I'm sorry.
0: No, no, not at all. And that's why we have this podcast. And that's why mm-hmm. we kind of ask the difficult questions as well is because these are the things that we don't often talk about and we are ashamed as well um, and, and like we just don't have community sometimes to, I don't know, sometimes our own community doesn't really understand it. Or the people we know, they don't understand it because they say, oh, well, you know, you have a job, so just be happy that you have a job, you know, in South Africa, mm-hmm. because we know what unemployment is like. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it's almost as if, or it is as if, sorry, it is as if the brands and the companies take advantage of that fact that they've employed you and you can't find another job. So they can just treat you anyhow and treat people of color um, anyhow, kind of. So thank you for yeah. sharing that and being honest. Yeah. But on a lighter note, congratulations <laughs> on your new title as uh, editor of Food and Home and My Kitchen magazine. I mean, I know that you're super passionate about magazines. You mentioned it yourself, but what has that been like? And are you settling into it?
2: Oh my God. I am loving it I am like obsessed with it It's like becoming unhealthy <laughs> I still get I, I kind of feel taken aback when I tell someone what I do just because it feels so unreal so like when someone asks me what I'm doing I, I say like oh I'm in mean, like food or I work in publishing and then like it takes a few more questions I realize for me to actually say like oh no like I'm the editor of Love Food and Home because I just I can't believe that I got this opportunity and I can't believe that I'm like doing it it's just so weird and for the first time in a very long time I actually wake up jumping out of bed and ready for work which I mean it's something that we all want so I just feel so incredibly blessed that that's the life I'm living right now. Wow that is
1: amazing and I'm so happy you you know you are uh, living the dream and that you have that energy towards your job because I mean I'm sure only good things can come from it. Um so on Twitter, I, I I saw that you shared a story recently about how you plan on using your role to empower others. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, please? Yeah, that's such an important question. Thank you for asking. Um so
2: this, I mean, I've I've said it like probably three or four times. Now it definitely is my my dream job, but when I was I mean, like, years ago, I think when I was, like, 13 or 14, I was absolutely besotted with the 17 magazine. I think you, you probably still remember that. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. I was obsessed with it. I had a subscription, and I even did an internship there, and I wanted nothing more than to be working there or be on this page. It's like I didn't care what it was. I either wanted to work there or be in the magazine. <laughs> um, but... I mean, Danusha, I know you can, and even Megan, like as a young Indian or like a colored girl, there was no way that I could look, there was, there was actually no one that I could look up to in the industry. And I never really mm-hmm. believed that it would have been possible for me to ever have that opportunity, just because there were hardly, or if any, people of color, um, people of color women in the magazines. I think I remember once 17 magazine actually had a black woman as an editor and I was so happy. Like that was incredible for me because I haven't ever seen a colored, an Indian or a black woman anyway. At such an amazing role in one of these magazines. Uh, but anyway, I think um, probably when I was still subscribed to Seventeen, there was this spread of up-and-coming bloggers. And at that time, blogging was very new. Um, and there was this Muslim woman of color like me on one of the pages. And I was so excited about it because I felt like surely the world was opening up. And now I too could have this opportunity. And I, I was just so proud of her. I was like, oh my gosh, look at this. It's like another girl. She's similar to me. And she has this opportunity. Like I, I need to like speak to her. Maybe she can help me. And I spent hours crafting just the perfect email to her to say how happy I was to see in the magazine. I gushed about her style and a haircut. And I asked her if she could please just give me some advice on how I can be in this world, how I can get into media, if she knew like what I could maybe study to help me. Because I was still like figuring out things like. I was really young I didn't know what I wanted to do but I knew I wanted to be in this kind of world and I sent the email and she never ever ever responded to me <laughs> and there were days when I felt like I would probably never be able to be something incredible but I kind of dusted myself off and did everything I could so that I could make my own dreams come true but anyway like as I'm saying this um, I didn't ex- I don't expect her to reply like it. she wasn't I don't know how to put this Like, I know that it wasn't her responsibility to reply to me. Like, she didn't have to, and that's okay. I respect that. But it was such a strange experience for me personally, because I love helping people, and I love giving advice. And just because she didn't reply to me, I kind of taught myself that I don't want to be like that. And now I feel a sense of responsibility to help as many young women as possible, and hopefully even be a mentor, which is something that I never had for myself. And I just want young women to know that anything is possible. If you have the right mindset and you work hard, then nothing can stop you from achieving your goals, which is something that I firmly believe in. But equally so, you also need the right people around you, people that trust you, that are proud of you, and that allow you to dream. And if you're not going to get that from your family, then you're going to get that from your friends. Just, you know, they always say, like, you are what you eat. So I believe you also are the kind of person that you surround yourself with. It really reflects on you. I think my main message and the thing that I really want to do is I want young women to know that you need to depend on yourself and work hard and work for yourself. I didn't just wake up one day and become an editor. I know that I worked really hard for years. I did as much as I could. And most importantly, I just trusted the journey and paid off. Wow.
0: I've actually learned a lot from just listening to you and the fact that you use um, the the person who didn't help you as motivation to help other people. I think that we can always, you know, learn from that because often we get treated the same, and instead of changing that the way we're treated, we don't kind of think, oh, we should actually change the way that we treat others. Sometimes you say, oh, well, I'm gonna treat you exactly how you treated me, yeah, um, but we should do it, you, you know. So mm-hmm. well done. Yeah. I I also love that you you develop foods for vegans, vegetarians, gluten-free. You have so much options. And how come, why did you get into that as well? I mean, what made you say, let me create vegan cakes?
2: Yeah, it just boils down to inclusivity, honestly. Um, It it also echoes into my work at Food and Home. I believe that we are such a diverse nation and everybody has different diet requirements. There is absolutely no reason that anyone should feel excluded when it comes to food. And that's
1: just that's it, no one should feel excluded. Wow, that's powerful, and I love that, you know, you're creating all these amazing dishes that taste so good, um, <laughs> you know, for people who have allergies, because sometimes uh, people who, you know, are vegetarian or, or even vegan, they feel excluded, or their options are so little, I mean, these days, we've seen, like, really, some we've seen some amazing products, we've seen amazing brands, but, like, uh, three five years ago it wasn't like this so I, I really think it's amazing that you uh, cater to this market now um, before we end off I just want to speak to you a little bit about some of the trends we can expect for uh, for the food and wine uh, industry during um, spring and summer do you mind sharing some of them with us please
2: of course not but I think you're not going to like my answer because I don't <laughs> think I'm the right person to talk about this like you know for me, currently, where we are, trends are such a tricky thing. I mean, I'm not a trend for faster, and I, I mean no disrespect, disrespect to those who are, but I feel like trends are not the same as they were before social media. I mean, in the past, you could look at what the US or the UK were doing for spring and summer and then predict that it would be big year two when the season rolls around. But now the moment a trend happens across the world, the next day, us and everybody else are doing it. Like, there's a new food trend every single week and this is specifically due to social media and I believe more for TikTok and I don't think it works anymore to predict what might be big later on in the year when it can be done immediately and an example is that lemonade thing that happened in the middle of winter with us when I think it was in the US when they were in the heat of summer they were making lemonade in blenders with condensed milk and whole lemons and we were doing it too in winter and enjoying it I mean, yeah, there's like no reason why we can't So, yeah, I'm not the
1: best to ask about things. <laughs> but, I mean, how do you feel about TikTok? Because, you know, in the past, um, I would just sit with the recipe book. Now, don't, please don't, please don't um, get upset. But, I mean, I actually just I'd sit for the recipe book. My mother has a whole library in her home. She loves cooking and baking. So, you know, I'd sit there and I'd be inspired by it. And then these days, I just find myself, like, going onto, Insta, onto TikTok sorry, and just, Looking at the recipes, there and then going to try it out because um, I just feel like you know the 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 culture around food is changing. How do you feel about um, TikTok or that or within the food uh, industry?
2: I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. I am the biggest TikTok kid that there is. I mean, I coming from a background in literature, obviously appreciate a good book. I have like cookbooks for days i mean i love my cookbooks and i love the work that goes into it i want to write my own cookbook um but again i feel like it's such an exclusive club (laughs) and with tiktok every single person who loves food gets to be a chef and gets to Mm. be amazing and gets to share their talent and i mean why not i mean it's things that we we wouldn't see these things in cookbooks we would have seen those mochi balls in a cookbook like it probably would never have gotten in yet on tiktok you can just find it and make a recipe So I the amount of videos I've saved on my phone of things I want to make is ridiculous. I mean I've I think most of the things Mm. I've made recently has probably been from TikTok, to be honest. Like it's it's just it's the best platform. I love it. (laughs)
0: Wow, me too. I don't know if you I know you love it. (laughs) What's your name? Yeah. my name is Priya or whatever her name is oh, yeah. I think it is Priya she's just like the best and so she just comes up with like the most interesting things. I think she made a pizza what did she make a pizza from I think um, it was angel.
2: yes mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like I have to try it wow yeah, yeah I, um, a recent the video of hers was like makane and I'm looking mm-hmm. for it everywhere but we don't get it here yeah. like the lotus seed thing because I yes. just wanted to set. <laughs>
1: yeah i agree i think tiktok's amazing awesome. Fatima. thank you so much for joining us today it was such a pleasure uh, chatting with you and just finding out more about your story um you are such an inspiration and thank you for everything you do doing in the food space oh thank you that's so kind
2: of you you're gonna make me cry <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah thank you so much yeah, i've learned so much and i think our, our listeners would as well and please give us your handle so that our listeners can check you out on social media
2: oh yeah yeah so it's um Fatima on instagram it's just f-a-t-i-m-a-s-a-i-b and then i think it's the same on twitter and on tiktok <laughs>
0: Thank you for joining Conversations with Women of Colour. Check out our Instagram page called Conversations with Women of Colour and we'll see you there.